Hello, hello, hello. Hope everyone is doing well. It's a beautiful time right now. It's summer. I love this weather. I hope everyone's enjoying it to the fullest. But um, on a serious note, this episode is Cuba Libre, uh, Freedom for Cuba. I decided to do this episode now just because of what's going on. And um, I just felt like I am getting a few non-Cubans asking me questions as to what's specifically like what is going on in Cuba. Why is this happening now? It's just people really aren't, they really don't know. They're really not informed as to what really is going down in Cuba, you know. Um, me, I, I'm Cuban, Mexican, American. My dad was born in Cuba, um, so was my abuela and my abuelo, my grandparents, um, well, my dad's parents. Um, they actually both came out, well, they went, okay, so this is what happened. Um, I remember the story, so it was all happening during the regime, I believe it was in 1965. My dad was born in 1961, so I believe he was just there for about four or five years. Um, from there, they did have to go on a boat. Um, it was my mom and my dad together because it was just the mothers and children, and then the men were on a separate boat. Um, and, you know, if you survived, you survived once you got over But um, I remember my grandpa saying he was on one boat and my dad and my grandmother went on another boat and that my dad was just crying and crying and crying because he didn't want to leave. But um, eventually they calmed him down because I think they even had to hide him something like that just because if like if the police like the cuban police were to hear that they would know what's happening like why is this kid crying he doesn't want to leave they would have made a big fuss whatnot but what i'm saying is eventually they got over but they went to madrid spain they had to stay there for about five years to finally um i believe they finally had to they were able to get a passport to come over to California where um, I believe one of my, um, well, he's uh, my dad's tío, but um, his name's Pepe, Pepe. He helped my family, my grandparents and my dad come over and uh, they went to Hawthorne and that's where they've been all their lives. My grandpa still lives in Hawthorne, California, Um, he became a property owner within, I believe, 10 to 15 years of being in Hawthorne. Um, and now he's still alive. My my grandpa, the, the warrior he is, um, I have so much respect for him. My grandpa, Domingo Raudel Garcia, he's going to be 90 this year in August, August 4th. And um, just... It's hard sometimes because I can't really talk to him about these things because I I mean, he won't tell me personally, but I know it's just because it's hard to talk about. 
But a lot of the times he does not want to talk to me about these um, questions that I have, you know, regarding Cuba and how his life was. Um, the most I got out of him was well, what I just said, how they came over from Cuba, went from Cuba to Spain, then Hawthorne. And um, from there, he said living in Cuba, his job was a trucker. He was a trucker. And that's all I really know. I know that my abuela, she came from a pretty, um, like, I don't, I know that the family did have money, but I don't know exactly what they did. That's some questions I should ask before. Um, but yeah, that's all the info I really have on my family that's in Cuba. Um, the ones that are living there right now, I haven't been able to get in contact with them. Neither has my grandfather or um, the family that I do have out here in California. We have not been able to reach out to them at all. They have not been able to reach out to us just because of how the Internet has been shut down. Um, but I do know that um, they are in La Havana. And I know that is the main part of where all the protests are going down. So we're just praying that we eventually hear from them and we keep reaching out but it's just impossible to get through so at this time um i did want to make a special episode uh on my cuban people because they deserve this freedom we it, it's all about human rights it makes no sense to me how people are okay with communism I mean, it's one thing that you don't know what's going on in Cuba, but actually knowing what's happening and allowing it and and just it not, I don't know, just like it not bothering you that there's out there's people out there in the world that are begging for freedom, yet they're getting beaten up, they're getting killed, they're being put in prison. These people are starving, probably hadn't had a sip of water in over who knows how many days, weeks, months, you know, COVID's really bad out there right now. They don't have access to medicine. They don't have access to doctors. It's like they do, but it's not what we think. It's not at all, at all what we think. It's disgusting how the system is. And I am just praying every day that there is a different outcome. Um, I'm not saying, I mean, what I'm thinking is I'm just more going towards how we do need to intervene, just more on the part of maybe going in and letting them do a peaceful protest in hopes of getting what they want. But... Um, I just pray that Cuba finally is free. Venezuela, every every communist country out there, we just need to understand what these people are going through. A lot of them are just so used to living that way that they don't know any other, like they don't know any better. Because I have to admit, I do have family out in Cuba where, you know, they're... In the beginning, when they did have internet access, I could see the different sides. Like, there are some Cubans that are just so just hypnotized. Like, they're like a puppet of, of Cuba. They are hypnotized 
to think that it's okay to live that way. And if they got anything better that, that no, you know, they just, they're not, they're just not thinking correctly. They need to know that they shouldn't live that way. That's not the way of living. And I hope eventually one day they will get to experience a life of freedom. But um, that's just my little story about my Cuban family. I represent Cuba to the fullest. Um, I will always, always, I always said, I know I'm Cuban and Mexican, but like I, I think just because my dad was born in Cuba and I don't know, I just feel like I have more of the culture in me. Like I just, I don't know, it's interesting. I feel like no matter what, it's like, I don't, it's weird. I know I live in California, but it's like I just automatically think of myself Cubana Mexicana. Like I'm just Cuban Mexican. I don't even think American or anything. It's just Cuban Mexican, Cuban Mexican, Cuban Mexican. But um, I'll always, always have love for my Cubans. Always have love for my Mexicans. Um, that's that's me. But um, I'm a Cuban. <laughs> but um, here is Aneli. I hope you enjoy. I hope you do get some. Um, information out of this join us on our protest that we're going to on friday um saturday or sunday anything that you can participate in that would that would just be spectacular just to see so many people out supporting even if you're non-cuban but here is aneli um i hope you enjoy if you guys have any questions you will see in the interview that um, you can even you can even ask me, but um, in the interview, Anneli leaves her Instagram. It's insanely Anneli, I believe. And um, from there, if you have any questions in regards to protest, in regards to what's going on, in regards to how to send money to Cuba to your family, um, if you want to post a video, share something anything reach out reach out to us um any cuban out there would love to inform you on what's really happening versus hearing these people that are non-cubans posting on instagram and on social media the opposite of what's really happening which is just ridiculous why it's like if you have nothing nice to say don't say it at all just don't even add your two cents just leave it alone if you're not there to support us, then don't say nothing. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. It makes no sense. Makes no sense to add two cents <laughs> to something that has nothing in concern with you, like at all. Like, leave it. Leave it. Let us take care of it if that's the case. We need to continue fighting, supporting, and just sharing everything possible that we get from our family members in Cuba. Anything possible just to get the word out. SOS Cuba. Anyways, I've been just I've been like on a roller coaster because like it it just I mean, if you've seen my post, it's just disgusting to me what's really happening. It just does not make any sense. It makes no sense as to why people are now like it may it feels like if they're going against Cuba, it's so weird. But um I think that's why I'm one minute I'm like I'm like, man, my family and my family, like, I don't know what's going on because I can't hear from them. And then the next minute I'm all over social media, of course, you know, just looking at every post possible. And then I'm seeing other Cubans post about 
what this person posted and it, it just really makes you upset. It, it makes you upset that someone took the time to go on social media and post the opposite of what we're trying to, you know, go out there for. And it's for our Cuban family, our, our Cuban, our Cuban people. They want freedom. So enjoy the episode. Um, and I hope everyone has a blessed day. And also, this episode's a little late. I'm, I was supposed to have it yesterday, but um, technical difficulties. So we're back on. And uh, next month, really quick, next month, Tumex. That recording was supposed to be actually this episode, but I just felt like the Cuban um, community needed this more. Um, we need to get the word out, you know. But um, next next month, episode with Tumex. And it was going to be post-pandemic. I mean, it is post-pandemic. But now that I mean the last two weeks, I mean, well, just recently on Saturday, now we're with the mask again. I I don't even know if I should even name it that topic. But yeah, it was post-pandemic. So it's with Tumex next month. Check you guys then. Have a great day. Can I just say, (laughs) hey, this is Jazz. This is a podcast for you to say whatever you want on whatever topic you want to talk about. Join me. Let's listen to our community. Real people talk about real life situations. You come up with the topic and I interview you. It's just all about keeping it real while having fun, right? So join, listen, and participate. I have Anneli. I have Anneli. She is a mentor, wife, a mother, an entrepreneur, and a Cubana supporting her people. Hi, Anneli. How are you? I'm doing well, Jasmine. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know you're a busy woman, for sure. Um, I had a. I wanted to. First of all, I want you to introduce yourself. Let the let everyone know who you are. Hi, everybody. My name is Aneli. Um, I am 38 years old, going on 39. Um, I'm actually a wife, a mom of two. I have a little girl named Haley. She's five and my son, who's going to be three um, next month. And I'm also a double business owner. I have a um, I have a trucking business that does local jobs here in L.A. And I also uh, am an independent contractor for a company called Monate that sells uh, hair care and skincare. Wow. How did you get into that? Actually, it's been a long, it's, it's been, it's been a year and a half of it, but I would say probably five years ago, I was approached, um, by a few friends, by different people when the company first started. And I wish I would have said yes then because it's an amazing opportunity, but I actually ended up starting a year and a half ago. Um, it'll be actually two years in November. Um, by one of my high school friends, she reached out. She's like, come on, support me. And one thing led to the other. I was like, okay, my hair looks like crap. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me try out this vegan stuff. Okay. So yeah. I tried it. I fell in love with it and I've been doing it ever since. It's really changed my, my whole aspect on life. Just, just, I have bigger goals, bigger dreams. It's helped financially. It's helped physically, mentally, just spiritually in any type of way for me and my family. So um, I'm very blessed to be a part of that company and very blessed to also have my trucking company, which was the first company that I started so I can be home with my kids. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I remember um, looking at your stories. There's a few things on there that I'm like, hmm, I think I may be interested in purchasing something. I like the skincare. <laughs> I like the stuff that you're, you're, you're showing on the on your stories. Yeah, no, I actually, I've been having such a hard time just trying to focus on my business because of what's happening in Cuba. So it's been really tough to just, you know, you know, post about my products and post about the opportunity that, you know, where we can make money. But it's been so tough because I'm here um, being an advocate for people in Cuba who don't have a voice right now. And yep. it's tough to be able to go online and say, hey, buy this amazing shampoo. But here's a, here's a video of somebody getting killed in the streets in Cuba. So it's been really tough on me. I'm trying to find a, um, a good balance where I can, uh, you know, I can be a good wife, I can be a good mom, I can be a good mentor for my team and, and for the next individuals that come into the team and, and for my customers, but at the same time, um, be an advocate for the Cuban people, of course. I'm Cuban-American, I'm first-generation Cuban-American. Both my parents are from Cuba. My dad was a political prisoner as well, so I've heard the stories, and I did visit Cuba, and um, I came back probably... I think I was 13. I came back more depressed than I ever was because mm -hmm. I, I didn't go to Cuba to have to live the luxury life that most celebrities go to and have cigars and drive around in the big, beautiful cars. I literally went to see where my parents were born. Um, and I, I had to, you know, pee and poop in toilets. And I mean, pee and poops in holes in the grounds because there wasn't mm -hmm. any toilets. I had to be able to, my when I saw my grandfather pulling out the electrical outlet and dunk it in a bucket of water to heat up the water, I was like, oh, there was just so many things that I came back and said, wow, we are so blessed. And, you know, that changed my perspective on life coming back from Cuba. I will not go back until it's a free country. I haven't gone back. Um, I just don't believe in going back and, you know, enjoying a vacation out there and having all the lavish things while your neighboring town is starving or you know can't say anything because of the government being able to take advantage of every single thing they have they use they use their power and their um what's the word they basically want to control you and with that with control says okay well if you want food you're gonna have to shut up and go with what the government says if you the communist regime of fidel castro of course, he died. His brother took over and his brother gave um, basically all power to a puppet, to the Canal. And what's happening in Cuba is such a, it's a huge thing. And it's really not about politics, it's about basic human rights. And so going back to my business, it's just been really hard to juggle both of them. But I am trying my best because both my business needs me because that's what puts food and a roof over our head. And then I feel like Cuba, I still have family over there. So they need me. They need me to be their, their voice. I have, you know, been in contact with them since this went down. Um, oh, you have been? You're, yes. you're able to. Oh, that's good. Yeah, what, part, to them. What, what part of Cuba are they in? Um, they're actually in La Habana, which a lot of oh, the, okay. the bad stuff is going around. They were the ones that warned me last Friday that there was going to be a pro-march for the government on Saturday. So um, how did that come about? Like, how did it all start? Because I do have a lot of people that are asking me, okay, we get it's a communist country, but why now? So this not why now. It's been happening for 62 years. The difference between now and before is that now they have internet. Well, 
they took it away on Sunday. They took on Monday morning. They took away all the last Monday. They took away all the internet. So the people that actually have internet here and there are the ones that are being able to send videos via WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, the technology is there now. So we now have the technology of being able to be in contact with them, them send videos. You know, there are Cuban um, anti-communist advocates in Cuba. They're huge. They have millions of followers. So these people are advocating, but some of them have become missing. Wow. Um, and some of them are just hiding in their homes or hiding in places so that the government won't come fi can't find them. But literally every day they're risking their lives by putting out information that obviously the government doesn't want out. Now, what, what we're going back on now is, do we think, do I think personally that the U.S. is going to help? No. And a lot of people are like, well, it's the embargo, it's this and that. No, this has nothing to do with the embargo. It has nothing to do with anything like that. This has been going on for 62 plus years. It's just now we have the technology where we can actually see what's happening and they can actually tell us this is happening. We need help. Help us. There's a reason why they're waving around the American flag, which is, by the way, against the law in Cuba. Like if they catch you doing that, you're going to jail. We're hearing that people are going to jail anywhere from 15 to 20 years just by holding an American flag. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's terrible to hear all this. Yeah, it's definitely something that a lot of people are hurting for. And we would just want to get the word out. And this is why I'm constantly putting stuff on my social media. Because it's one of those things that you want to make sure every single celebrity. in Just like Beyonce and Jay-Z, uh, Paris Hilton, the Kardashians. All these people that went to Cuba and talk about cigars and talk about this, they should be the first ones advocating for us. And what are they doing? They're staying silent. But lo and behold, there's other things that are happening. Like last summer with the BLM, they were the first ones in the streets protesting. Why right? is this different? Why is this different? If they care so much about human rights and humanity and they care about it, it being a free country for everybody, why aren't they out there advocating for Cubans? When They didn't care when they went over there and they were having the luxury life of the VIP because there are five-star uh, hotels and restaurants. There are beautiful cars, but guess what? If you're a tourist, that's the only way you're going to be able to get at, uh, be able to have those things. When I went to Cuba, I couldn't even bring my family into the hotels and the beaches because they're for tourists only. So I said, if you don't accept my family, you don't accept me. I didn't even get to see most things because I wasn't going to leave my family out of it. Mm -mm. Yeah, so... It's been tough, but, you know, the, on the most things, we just got to keep fighting and got to keep doing what we got to do and got to keep sharing awareness because it's the only thing that we're going to be able to um, do at this point. There's not much we can do besides that. Share and advocate for the people who don't have a voice. What is your next protest? Our next protest is actually on Friday. We are super excited about this one. We are expecting a lot of people. It's this. It's in Glendale, California, if you guys are you know, if you're used to Glendale, California or South California, you probably know of Porto's Bakery. It's at Glendale and Porto's Bakery. It starts at five and we are starting a march, a legal march. Um, the Glendale Police Department and the city of Glendale is both aware that we'll be marching to and from City Hall, um, the Glendale City Hall. So we'll be we'll be there marching hand in hand. 
We encourage everybody to come. You don't have to be Cuban. You don't have to be Latino. You just have to be a human being who wants human rights and freedom for Cuba. That is it. We have our brothers and sisters from China, our brothers and sisters from Nicaragua also marching with us. Also, we have our, our Armenian family coming to march with us. You know, we have a bunch of different cultures and communities coming together for one solid answer, um, and that's for freedom, and that's on Friday. And on Saturday, we actually have Beverly Hills. Um, we have the Beverly Hills sign. We have a, lots of media going there, too, at 3 p.m. And Sunday, we also have uh, Downey. So it's, you know, if you want to be able to stay in touch with all of the events, you can follow me at, um, at Insanely Rico, I-N-S-A-N-E-L-Y, R-I-C-O. Um, I basically am on top of all the events. I share all the events. I talk about the events. And I also share awareness and education on what's going on in Cuba so that if anybody doesn't know, they can actually visit my profile and they'll be able to see exactly what's going on because a lot of people don't have any clue. They're not educated on the, on the subject. So that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Do you have... Um... That was one of the main reasons why I chose you because I think I met you in North Hollywood. Is that the one? The one on, um, is that where I first met you? The one on Monday? Or no, were you not there? Uh, Echo Park, maybe? Okay, then maybe Echo Park. I don't know. I thought you were there for whatever reason, the one in Hollywood. Oh, I was there. Yeah, Hollywood. I think you said North Hollywood. I was definitely there in Hollywood. I've made all the Hollywood and Highland ones. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, so I met you there first and then I, that's when I started following you and I was like, okay, this chick, she's about it. So then I saw you in Echo Park and I saw you just going back and forth on those streets yelling. Oh my God. I loved it. It just gave me chills. Like even right now talking about it, I have chills just because you could see how powerful your voice is. Like you could tell that you are tired of this, you know, like you want freedom you really do want freedom for your family you know Absolutely. and it's 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 just it's disgusting to me to like see how everybody's reacting to it because I am seeing people you know that are actors and actresses famous people out there and they're they're putting out information that's incorrect and it's just I don't understand versus them trying to support us so that's why i was like i need a real cuban to be a part of the show to really tell it how it is you know yeah for sure i mean i've been doing this i've been advocating probably since i was four years old five years old i mean there's pictures of me protesting in the streets of california um and miami because i lived in miami for 10 years um in 94 when um uh the barceros action happened where people were basically the government said here Go ahead, take a boat that you made out of sticks and freaking tires, basically. And if you can make it to the other side, you're free to go. So my, I had uh, my cousin and her husband were able to make it through, but I lost uh, three family members in the process. They drowned at sea. Oh my so God, um, we were advocating for them in the middle of the streets. After that, the Nerian Gonzalez, I was back in the streets. Yep. I've always been advocating for Cuba because it's something near and dear to my heart. My dad... And my grandfather and my great-grandfather, Tevang, uh, were people of, I would say, high, high class in Cuba back before the 60s, you know, the 60s, of course, before Fidel Castro. They were the leading milk industry, you know, in Cuba, basically in La Habana. So they would distribute milk all around La Habana. Like, they were well-known. And they were well-off. And when Fidel Castro came, it's just like he showed up and he's like, this is mine. 
this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Nothing belongs to you anymore. And they took everything, all the hard work and sweat that they put into their lives. And that's when my dad started trying to flee. And um, he actually fleed three times, got caught the first the first two times, and eventually came in 81 um, illegally through a family member who was able to get him through. So with my mom and my brother. So it's oh, been wow. tough. So, I, I, you know, I've heard stories from grandfathers and great grandfathers and my grandmother who who was, you know, I just can't imagine my son being in jail and being, you know, tortured in jail. Like the oh. stories that my dad has, I could never get into it because it makes me so sad. And as a matter of fact, I've been trying to interview him. And every time we try to interview him, he just starts crying. So it's definitely one of those things that is near and dear to my heart and probably the only the only big uh, event country that I will be act like this kind of active for, but I am very active for all kinds of things. Like Venezuela is also going through communism. So when Venezuela was dealing with their stuff two years ago, I was out on the streets protesting. I have an Armenian friends that, you know, I was out there protesting. So not as much as right now, but I was always helping these people, friends and family who said, you know what, I need your help. Can you come out and protest or can you raise awareness of what's happening? And of course, I was always there because I believe that we should all come together, unite for one common reason for whatever it is. If it's just humanitarian or freedom or whatever it is, we need to come together for it. I love that. I love how you said we all need to come together. That's we do. We do. We do need to all come together. But um, Anneli, do you have any last words? It could be about anything. Is there anything that you want to say? It could be in regards to right now what our topic is, Cuba Libre, uh, your business. Just any last words, any last words for the audience? I mean, I'm going to leave the business side out of it because I think that um, when you do good, good comes back to you. So I just want to say to everybody who's listening right now if you can please go to your instagrams and hashtag sos gua sos c-u-b-a learn a little bit about it and maybe post something about it and maybe educate somebody else because if one person posts something okay on their social media and another person sees it that's thousands of people that are getting um you know that are getting aware of what's going on so if you can just duplicate yourself by one person and get the word out, then I guess my message stands there. That's what I would end with. Just post about it, SOS Cuba, and um, share anything. You can even go to my page and share a reel, share a post, anything that can help get the word out for your audience. Even if you don't think your audience needs to hear it, everybody needs to hear it. This is a human issue, a humanitarian issue. They don't have their common things like food and water and medicine. Um, hospitals, if there's if it's raining, hospitals are getting flooded. Doctors are performing surgeries while there's buckets of water falling because the roofs are caving in. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous when people say that Cuba has the best medicine and the best resources. It's all bullshit. It's all crap. Maybe the best doctors, and that's why they end up coming to to Miami, to California, to to the states to work because an, the average doctor will make thirty to forty dollars a month. That's how much, you know, that's how much. I know that because my cousin is a pediatrician in Cuba. So she now lives in Miami. She left about six months ago. So I know exactly about how much, how many people, how much people get paid. So if there's anything, last words, hashtag SOS Cuba, 
post about it, educate somebody about it, and see if we can get the word out. And the more people we can get together um, to educate, I think the more um, positive we'll see coming out of this. Amazing. Well, Anneli, thank you for your time. I know it took a while for me to get you on here, but I appreciate you so much. Um, other than that, thank you. I appreciate you. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much for giving us this platform. Yes, yes, you got it. Have All a right. good day. You too. Bye-bye, Jasmine. Bye. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Jasmine Garcia, and I'll be back with another episode of Can I Just Say Jazz? Can I Just Say Jazz is a production of Anchor. If you like the show, remember, you can hear it on any app you use to hear a podcast, uh, like Spotify, especially Google, Apple, um, Breaker, Pocket, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Overcast. Those are some of the other apps um, that do have podcasts. Um, if you like to participate, you can send me a DM on Instagram uh, or even send me an email. It's can I just say jazz.podcast at gmail.com with your topic and a short description of yourself. And I'm just uh, thankful. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Um, I, I, I'm just thank you. I really appreciate all the people that really do take the time to listen to the episodes. I see you guys. I, I see the views. I see the listens. I see it. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, this is something that I just want to do for fun and I love it. It, it's just a fun hobby of mine and you have no idea how cool it is to see that people actually take the time to listen. It's really cool. So once again, if you'd like to participate, email me, DM me, you know it. Next episode is going to be with two mix, two mix. All right. Join, listen and participate.